Hello, this is the Black File Girl Podcast. I am your host, Clary, and this week we are watching a franchise that is very near and dear to my heart. This week we will be watching the Saw movies. We will be talking about all nine movies, but I will be mostly focusing on the first three movies as the first three movies were all written by Leigh Whannell, and the first movie was directed by James Wan, and this is very much their franchise. Um, They started this together, because when they get together, all they give us is pure art. When they are apart, all they give us is pure art. I don't want to hear anybody say anything about Dead Silence or Insidious Chapter 3. I know that in some people's opinions, those were not good, but in my obviously correct opinion, they were just baby steps, and everything got better right after that. I mean, but none of that matters, even though those two have gone on to become, in my opinion, horror icons. Think about the franchises that they have created and are now a part of. Okay, just look at the art, just look at the work. Anyways, let's get into the first Saw movie, and I'm going to try and be fast because there's literally nine movies, and the plot of this movie would take me ten years to even try and describe, but two strangers wake up in a dark, decrepit bathroom, and they have to figure- oh my gosh, I'm already forgetting there's a dead body between them. So two strangers wake up in a dark, decrepit bathroom, and there is a dead body between them, and they got to figure out how they got in this bathroom why they were the two people chosen to be in this bathroom and who this dead body is so much like me they immediately toss aside the fact that there's a dead guy in there and they just focus on getting out of the movie that is already very smart let's just ignore the dead guy and let's just figure out how we get out of the movie so our two main characters that are in this current saw trap are adam and dr lawrence gordon so both men after a little bit of chit chat and soul searching find out that they have these tape recordings what are these called sorry guys i'm just like a little gen z they find out they have cassettes in their pocket and they're like oh let's listen to these dr lawrence gordon's cassette is very straightforward kill adam by six o'clock or your family dies and adam's is also just like very easy peasy it's just like survive okay just survive get out of here and you live, okay? So I'm going to give just a little bit of a spoiler. Neither of those things happen. (laughs) Dr. Gordon does not kill Adam before 6 o'clock, and Adam does not survive. But a lot of great, tense thrills happen in between, and I really do recommend this movie for anybody that likes psychological horror, because this is very much so a psychological horror. I know a lot of people fear it because of the whole torture porn thing but i'm telling you right now it has just as much gore and blood and guts as i feel like hereditary had it's just a little more heavy on the psychological torture of you as an audience member than i feel like hereditary was but anyways these two men are like oh we gotta do this we have until six o'clock let's figure out why we're in here what happened yada 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 So while these two dudes are chit-chatting and basically trying to figure out how to get out of this trap, Dr. Gordon realizes that they are in a jigsaw killer trap. Why he realizes this? Well, because just a few, like, weeks earlier, or a few months earlier, I guess, he had been interrogated by two detectives, Detective David Tapp and Detective Stephen Singh. 
And during this interrogation, they believed him to be a suspect. And so they show him this woman's testimony. And this woman is the only known jigsaw survivor, my main girl, Amanda Young. Amanda is like, don't even worry about finding jigsaw. He saved me. He needs to do this. He is doing the Lord's work. Remember that I just said that. <laughs> but anyway, she's like, he doesn't even need to because I, I'm a heroin addict and he saved my life by putting me through a life or death situation. Now I know what life means. So those two detectives, they do their detective work because this movie is also a crime investigation movie. But anyways, they do their detective work and they figure out where Jigsaw's lair is. And they're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go catch Jigsaw ourselves. But Jigsaw being Jigsaw has booby trapped his whole lair. So sadly, Detective Steven Singh gets blocked out in, with one of my favorite traps, which is the shotgun trap. I also really love Amanda's trap, which is the reverse bear trap. But anyways, he gets killed and Detective David Tapp is discharged from the police force. But he is also now extremely obsessed with Jigsaw and extremely obsessed with Dr. Lawrence Gordon, who he believes is the Jigsaw killer. Like he believes this fully and fully. So he is outside of Dr. Lawrence's house and he's like watching. And basically with the Saw movies, they're never told in like a single linear way. So I'm trying to piece all of this together to tell you the story linearly, but the movie is like happening non-linearly. Okay, so now that I've gotten that out of the way, the detective who's watching from across the street, he notices that there is a ruckus coming from the Gordon family household. So he books it across the street because again, he believes that Gordon is killing his own family because he believes that Gordon is Jigsaw. Great detective, great man, just beautiful police work. Okay, so... <laughs> As he's, like, fighting this man across the streets, because also the wife is a baddie and she mostly fought her captor off herself. But anyways, while he's fighting this captor, we bounce back to the bathroom and Gordon is on the phone with his family and he's hearing all of this go down. He's hearing the gunshots, he's hearing the fighting, so he's immediately losing his mind because his family is in harm's way. So he begins sawing off his own foot Ladies, if he wants to, he will. If he wanted to, he would. JK, this man was having a whole affair with his medical student. But anyways, and that's the, listen, that's the reason that he thinks he's in here. He thinks Jigsaw captured him because he was having an affair with his student. Not because of many of his other atrocities, but that one. Because this man is not a good man. But he is loving enough to cut off his own foot to save his family. So you win some, you lose some, you know what I mean? Anyways, as he's cutting off his foot, he also shoots Adam, which was unnecessary. Because mind you, he already lost. It's already past six o'clock. You don't got to kill my man Adam now. But he shoots Adam and cuts off his foot. And then the captor, who didn't happen dying in the tussle with the police officer. The police officer actually ended up dying in the tussle with the captor. Um, great police officer, great work. Um... Yes, so the captor comes in the room, and he's ready to kill Gordon, but wait, my man Adam is not dead, and he's also better than Gordon, because he gets up, and he kills Zep in a brutal way. Zep is the captor's name, I don't know why I didn't mention that before, but again, I'm trying to get through these movies really fast. So he kills this guy, and we find out that the captor wasn't Jigsaw, but he was actually one of Jigsaw's victims. He was just a man who worked at the hospital, just sadly. 
And um, the real Jigsaw then gets off of the floor. Because listen, when I tell you that this dead body was like a dead body, and I'm pretty sure because the budget was two pieces of bubble gum and a nickel, the actor was literally the one laying on the floor. So that was crazy. But anyway, the actor gets up off the floor and we find out that he is the actual John Kramer killer jigsaw and the reason that dr gordon is actually here is because dr gordon was his cancer doctor who did not find his cancer fast enough so he was like i'm gonna kill this man for not finding my cancer because thanks to this man i can't live a good life and one thing you will know about john kramer throughout all these movies petty 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 labelle so how did we get here what's going on it doesn't matter because jigsaw is getting up off the floor he is turning to Adam and he's saying, you could have gotten out, but with the way you freaked out when you woke up, because I know I threw your body in a whole bunch of water. Um, and obviously you would jolt because water is filling up your nose and your mouth. Either way, you got up and the key went down the drain. So now you're trapped in here. Um, I probably missed a lot of plot points <laughs> from the very first Saw movie, but this is such a great movie, and all in all, I think I have on my letterbox given this movie five stars. I friggin' love the original Saw movie. I also love the second Saw movie, which we are about to talk about, but my review for the first Saw movie is not enough blood and guts, too much police work, not enough of a budget, but the perfect budget for this movie. I friggin' love the first Saw movie. I'm not giving it enough credit, even in the way that I'm speaking about it right now, but this movie is great. I understand why it has the Rotten Tomatoes score that it has. I think everybody should have watched at least the first Saw movie. In my opinion, the first Saw movie does end in a very closed way. You don't actually have to dip your toe into the rest of the franchise. But if you do happen to dip your toe in the rest of the franchise, you are in for one of the greatest experiences of your life because this story just goes balls to the wall. Every every single movie is trying to up whatever the last movie just did. And I know that in the like eight minutes that I just tried to tell you the plot of the first movie, I didn't really give it enough justice because it was like batshit crazy. But let's get into the second movie, which is about to be batshit crazier. So I know I am the queen of having a monotone voice, but when I say I love this movie, I live for this movie. I'm very excited right now to talk about the second Saw movie. The general plot is that there's a detective and his, like, detective squad or whatever, and they have to solve another jigsaw mystery and save eight people who are trapped in a building. And one of those eight people is the detective's estranged son. In the second Saw movie, we actually get a few recurring characters, um, Okay, we get new characters, and a lot of those new characters are about to become recurring characters, and we get one character that we've already met. Aside from Jigsaw himself, we get Amanda Young back in it. But the story starts as most of the new Saw movies, the after the first Saw movies start, and that is with a Jigsaw murder. And in that murder, we get some new detectives, and these detectives are Detective... Allison Carey, Detective Matthews, who I'm going to just be calling Donnie Wahlberg probably from this point out because he's played by Donnie Wahlberg, and Officer Daniel Rigg. So after Jigsaw hits again, these detectives come in to do detective work, and they do do their detective work. They find two clues here. They find one, which is the lock that was used in the most recent Jigsaw killing, and they also find a note 
that is like Detective Matthews needs to be a part of this. Donnie Wahlberg needs to be a part of it. And so Donnie Wahlberg has now joined in completely. Okay. Originally, I'm pretty sure it was just Detective Allison and, um, oh my goodness, Detective Allison and Officer Rig who were just in here. And then she like calls in Donnie Wahlberg's character. Okay. So now we're here. They do their detective work. They figure out where Jigsaw is chilling at. He's at this warehouse because they find a lock. Okay. They find Jigsaw. They find John Kramer, okay? And this is why John Kramer is also one of my favorite horror icons, because this man is just, what was he doing? Literally, this is somebody who, if they just took up knitting, I know I I say this a lot, like, some people just need a hobby. He could have made model planes. But anyways, so they bring John Kramer slash Jigsaw in, and... There, he basically says, I'm starting a new game, and this game has eight people trapped in the house, and in this house is a nerve agent that is going to kill them soon enough if they don't get an antidote, or if you don't find them in time. And one of those victims, like I said, is his son. Another one of those victims, or the eight people trapped in the house, is none other than Amanda Young, who we know survived her first jigsaw trap, and she definitely did not need to be here. So, like, in the first movie, he gave them, like, four hours, basically, to, like, solve this. I'm pretty sure it was, like, four hours. This movie, they have, like, two hours to solve it. We already see time. It's slipping away. It's slipping away. So, in this movie, we get another very important um, Jigsaw slash John Kramer plot point, and I will be mentioning suicide, so you can exit out now if you don't want to hear about that, but... John does try to commit suicide after finding out that he has cancer and finding out that his cancer is at such a late stage already. So he's like, I'll just end it. But he survives. And when he survives, he's like, you know what's better than therapy? Surviving death. And so he becomes Jigsaw. He becomes Jigsaw because he's like, there were literally, why did I even need help? I just needed to go through this experience and now I'm better. And I'm going to make other people go through this experience so we can all be the same. So going back to the eight victims in the house, they all kind of find out that there's a nerve agent going through because, you know, John Kramer, he's he's a villain, but he's at least a kind enough villain to tell you what he's doing to you. So he has the videotape come through and tell them, like, hey, guys, you guys have all been poisoned. You guys are all slowly being poisoned, but you will be able to get out of here. I grabbed you here because you guys all need a second chance at life. You guys are all low lives and degenerates, at least in my opinion, my very humble opinion, John Kramer, you guys are all low lives and degenerates. So we have you here. Well, I have you here to prove that you guys can do better. Also, Amanda, I know that you've done this already, but you weren't taking life serious because you were suicidal. Basically, all eight victims are now going to be going through this large house that's just trap after trap. Like every single floor is a new trap. And they have to try and find these antidotes, but, I mean, they're probably going to die trying. As they go through all these traps, they're kind of bonding. <laughs> I use that word very lightly, but they're all talking. And they figure out what their connection is. And their connection is that they have all been charged by the exact same man. And that man is Detective Matthews, who was a corrupt cop. And he was just framing people, just going at it, just doing whatever pleases him. That's another thing. A lot of these movies, I don't know if they mean to, but a lot of them have a lot to say about police and what police be doing. Anyways, after some time, the detective is just sick of it. He's sick of John's game, so he's like, take me to the house right now. 
So his female partner, I don't know why I mentioned that she was female, but his partner, Detective Carrie, she stayed back at the police precinct while he, Detective Donnie Wahlberg, went to the house with John Kramer. And while she's there, she realizes that she can't see Detective Donnie Wahlberg on any of the tapes. And she's like, oh, my God, we're watching old footage. This took place days ago, but it's too late. John Kramer already has Donnie Wahlberg in this trap house right now. So back at the precincts, this little safe in the corner opens. We see Daniel slash Donnie Wahlberg's son in there, and he's like, I'm good. I've just been breathing oxygen trapped in this safe this whole time. You guys were beefing with Jigsaw. But it's too late. Like I said, his dad's in this trap house, and now his dad is actually Jigsaw's newest victim. But wait, this is not the Jigsaw you guys might know. No, Amanda Young is actually the newest disciple of Jigsaw after her beautiful baptism in the first movie aka surviving her own trap she has decided that she will take on the Jigsaw mantle along with John Kramer and yeah if John Kramer dies Amanda lives on and so she comes in she holds that big old meat cellar door and she says game over and like I said if I am watching these movies for nothing it is for that last game over scene so personally, I rate the second Saw movie like four stars. I think it's really good. I think it's solid. It is literally one of my personal favorite ones because for some reason, I saw a lot of the twists in the other Saw movies, but for some reason, I really could not see Amanda being the apprentice. <laughs> she came back and I was like, oh, he just really hates her, huh? Like he really hates this woman. But then she was like, I'm Jigsaw now. And I was like, oh my gosh, feminism we've done it we have found true equality men and women are equal it doesn't matter wow that's what i felt the first time i ever watched this anyways we are now on the third saw movie which this one actually has probably the biggest plot difference from all of the other saw movies i feel like and that's because this one is about the abduction of a doctor who now has to keep john kramer alive because his brain is like bleeding or something and amanda is the one running this new trap which is to torture this doctor's husband I'm not even going to get into it as deep as I was with the other two, because this one, so much happens. But at the same time, I feel like I watched absolutely nothing happen except for my heartbreak. Okay, my heart broke at the end. I don't even know how to describe This one is also not bad at all. Like I said, the first three of these movies are actually really where I live. I have the greatest time ever with the first three movies. And then after that, I'm kind of like, well, <laughs> that was the Saw movies. But also, the third Saw movie is so interesting because with the first two, Jigsaw seems to be choosing people that are actually, like, assholes, right? Like, he's picking bad people. People, well, like, not everybody was a bad person in the second movie of the eight victims. But, like, he's picking people that, like, might have genuine character flaws. The third movie comes around, and he was like, what if people just had depression and that is why I tortured them? what if people are just going through grief and that's why I ruined their life? Like, this movie was insane to me when I watched it all together with the other two because John has gone from taking people who, like the drug dealer in the second movie, have zero care for other human life or their own to, like, a woman suffering from depression and her husband who is dealing with the grief of losing their son. Like, that, those are his two newest victims. If that doesn't say mental deterioration, I don't know what does. But basically, with John taking these two just deeply sad people and ruining their lives in many different ways, I started to think about the Saw movies and about John Kramer in a whole new light, a very religious light. 
if you want to say the word religious, but I definitely see John Kramer as almost like this religious cult leader, which I feel like we see this with every single one of the newest jigsaws that comes after him. With Amanda, she literally sees him as this father figure, so she does everything to make him happy, which we see so much in the third movie. She's slowly slipping away from herself, which she never really had much of herself to begin with. I mean, after all, he finds her in the middle of her addiction. He puts her through a life or death experience, and then he immediately hands her the next mantle for killing people. So her identity, her self-identity has never really been that great in the beginning. Next person to essentially be reprogrammed by John Kramer is Detective Hoffman. And the way that the movies are told Hoffman is kind of the first recruit that John wants because Hoffman frames John for his own murder. Like, Hoffman kills somebody and tries to frame Jigsaw, and Jigsaw's not having that because he is a man of honesty and of integrity. Um, Either way, this is all very cult-like to me. I feel like with cult leaders and cult masterminds, They will always try and tell you something. They'll sell you this philosophy while they go against this philosophy to the fullest. And it tends to lead to very not good things. You'll have people who end up being victims till the very end, like Amanda. Or you'll have people that turn around and become the next perpetrator, like Hoffman. And the reason that I say Amanda was a victim until the end, even though I'm not trying to like act like what she did wasn't her own doing... It's because of the way that he finds Amanda versus the way that he finds Hoffman. Like I said, he finds Amanda in the middle of her heroin addiction. He puts her through a test, and then she begins helping him. And while she's helping him, she constantly refers to him as a father. And you can see that he really is this thing that she looks up to, and she needs his praise and his love. And throughout the third movie, you definitely see that he cares for her, but the way that he speaks to her is not entirely that loving it definitely feels like somebody that is controlling you more than somebody that is loving you and then if you look at the way that detective hoffman enters john's life it's through his own actions he went and killed somebody and then he framed jigsaw which in turn made jigsaw blackmail him and in the end he ended up loving jigsaw's philosophy of killing people that kind of don't matter to society if you go back to like that second movie Everybody there is not somebody that society is looking out for, hence the reason that a corrupt cop was able to put them away on, like, false charges. But he goes back to that, and he definitely abuses the power that he has learned from somebody else, and that is where you turn around and you continue to be the perpetrator. And also, to start off with my religious, like, Catholic thing that I was saying, or I grew up Catholic, so my point of view of watching this movie is Catholic, But it's this thing where it's like, if you do not live life perfectly and to this certain moral standing, you will literally go to hell. Or in this case, if you do not abide by John's rules, you will literally be put through his tests. You will go through his punishments. And so watching the Saw movies, I feel like there's just like this huge religious or Christian religious aspect that is put in there and kind of pushed aside because so many people notice the torture porn aspects, myself included. I mean, I've watched this franchise a few times over, just not even like all over and over again, like watching all nine movies in one sitting, but I have watched the movies a few times enough where I personally can see those 
little moments of religious aspects and of philosophy. And another theory, or at least little detail that I noticed, and I'm pretty sure I mentioned this earlier, was with the time, you can really tell which of Jigsaw's apprentices are doing the trap or are working with him in that moment because he he would usually give them at least like a solid two to like four hours and his apprentices Hoffman specifically was not giving you more than like 30 minutes and I think that is like hilarious because it shows you how far they strayed from his original philosophy even though his original philosophy in my opinion was already corrupt this was like another thing that reminds me of religions and how a lot of religions share the same core belief or share the same Bible, so like the same philosophies, but they will twist it or change it or interpret it a very different way. And that can lead us to very dark places like Amanda in the third movie. It is revealed that Amanda has constantly created inescapable traps. So like there was no way out. And that's because while she respected what John was doing and John saved her life from giving her an easily escapable, well, it wasn't easily, but an escapable trap, she didn't see the justice that she felt like she needed to see. And there you go. Now, all of a sudden, we have a whole new branch of Saw philosophy, and that branch is literally just getting people killed. There is no way out of it. You don't learn anything from it. And with Hoffman, he also was making almost inescapable traps, but his goal was completely different. He just kind of liked how being an apprentice of Jigsaw kind of got him higher status, or he could easily gain things through controlling both sides, because he is a detective and he is a killer. So as somebody who grew up Catholic with a huge fear that God can hear all of my thoughts and that I would definitely go to hell if I thought anything negative, and the Saw movies also, since I grew up in the 2000s when the Saw movies were coming out, I think I was six the very first time I saw the third Saw movie. So it's like, I definitely also internalized Jigsaw as this man that would come if I ever did or thought anything negatively about my life. And so that is why I, whenever I watch the Saw movies, I see these parallels between religion, specifically my religion of Catholicism, and Jigsaw, because they are so close even with the apprentices slash disciples, depending on who you're talking to and how they all have these different ideologies and how those ideologies change the outcomes for their victims or for the people that they later on recruit. Because while I only mentioned two of Jigsaw's disciples, there are a few, I want to say there's like four or five disciples in total. Um, and some of those disciples even go on to have their own little mini apprentices. So very clearly at this point, it's like one big happy family and just like everybody's having their own kids. But to bring in the newest movie, Spiral, I definitely like how they were like, instead of having John's apprentice come in and kill, instead of bringing Hoffman back, we can just start anew. And they bring in this character who just knows the original Jigsaw philosophy, and he's using that to fix society in a way that he sees fit because his father had been murdered by corrupt cops. And I did mention this like briefly earlier, but the Saw movies really do have a lot to say about corruption in the police force without even meaning to. I don't even think that they really wanted to have these topics or these conversations happen in their movies, but they're there and it's so funny to watch it because it's like, did you know that you were making commentary on the police system? 
the last movie spiral definitely knows because it is a huge plot point that the police were corrupt and that the police are evil and this new jigsaw needs to use the jigsaw spiral to the jigsaw spiral philosophy which is so funny to me because that spiral didn't represent anything in the earlier movies but in this one it's starting small and then going big and he started with this one little precinct and now he's going to change police all over the world Originally, I really did want to keep this episode very short, so I am going to be ending it around here, which I know this is not actually very short, but when you get me talking about Saw, I can talk forever and ever and ever. Overall, I really like the Scream franchise. I know that it is not the world's best horror franchise, but I think for what they are, which is just psychological horror and crime thrillers, they're really good at what they do for the most part. The last movies do kind of lose themselves and they don't fully connect to the earlier ones. But if you're somebody that just wants to watch a little bit of gore, have a fairly good plot and maybe laugh at some weird cop antics throughout it, I definitely recommend this franchise to the fullest. Out of five, I give the whole Saw franchise about 3.5, which is not very low. But my five-star Saw movies are definitely number one and two. I would say three stars is three. And from there on, it just kind of goes down, down, down. Um, because they kind of get more convoluted because they keep trying to outdo each other. That's kind of my review is that each Saw movie is trying to outdo the last. And in trying to outdo the last movie, it ends up just not competing so thank you so much for listening to this episode. I will see you next week with a new one. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, all at the Black Final Girl. And I will see you next time.